Welcome to the Pixels Inc. Podcast, episode 292, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today are uh, a couple of our podcast members. We're, we're down to two. We have two other ones joining me today. So that's exciting. We're, we're thinning the herd. We're thinning we're the only, herd. Only the best and the brightest to make it on this podcast. Right? It's the final three. Yeah, well, <laughs> well... Basically, the only people in the office I could snag to do the podcast with me today. Ouch. I'm kidding. I mean, I love you both as regular hey, members of the around. podcast. <laughs> so uh, first up, we have Alex Hansiuk. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I finally said your name right. Yeah. Again. That's like three weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't been here three weeks in a row, but I'm glad you got my name three weeks in a row. Three so. weeks in a row that you were here. Okay, fair. I'm going to. Well, the first time was wrong. Anyway. The first time. Was uh, wrong. I'm good. Weeks. Yeah. Life's good. That's I mean, good. Missing Cole, but you know. I know. It's all right. You've, you've taken up his spot in the studio. Yeah, I've got his mic getting real close to it. So Yeah. Well, it's like he's not even gone. Yeah. You have his mic and yeah. you're in his spot. Yeah. You're like I, I got his ditty. It's all good. You got his di- Did he ever find his ditty? I, I don't know. I think we'd have to. We'd have to ask We, we, we got to get him back on the show, I guess. Yeah. I guess. He'll have to tell us next week. We also have Jordan Biardi. How are you doing, Jordan? I am excellent. Yay. I got <laughs> Sunshine and a bowl of caramel corn. Hmm. I, w- I just wanted something to snack on for the podcast. And I didn't oh. realize it was. I thought it was like Chicago style popcorn. But you were disappointed with the lack of cheese. Well, popcorn. no, it's you know what? This is better. I love caramel corn. Hmm. This is some real hard hitting stuff. Right. Oh, here. dude, this is why the people tune in. They want right? to hear about our snacks, our snacks. Well, I have a coffee and it's almost empty and I need more. I have water. Yeah, me too. So. Yeah, that's good for you. Good. Yeah. You know, that's Chicago healthy. style water, though. Uh, it's not that great. Good. Staying yeah. hydrated. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Let's get started. <laughs> let's move on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start. High energy. Let's start off with uh, some of the games that are coming out this week. Okay. So first up, we have uh, Forgotten Anne, which is a uh, point and click adventure game done in a really neat, um, almost Studio Ghibli-esque anime style. And it also had kind of a really neat launch history uh, mm-hmm. where it was part of a crowdfunding campaign sponsored by Square Enix. Yes, right? yeah, so Square Enix has a something called Square Enix Collective which is yeah, it's it's Square Enix's crowdfunding initiative. So, yeah. um people get to vote on what projects they want to see happen and then Square Enix funds the the top ones. So, yeah. It made it. So it made it. Yeah. yeah. And from what I see, it's um looking really good. Um that's not the same thing that got um my name is or my name is Satsuna. I am Satsuna. No, that's a different I am Satsuna. Okay, so that's a different that's a different thing. <laughs> oh, They're actually ground. a division out of Square Enix. Mm-hmm. That's my so. spinoff game. My name is Setsuna. Your Ooh. name is Setsuna. So you're going to join Tokyo RPG Factory and... No, that? I'm making my own game company. Are you going to call it Toronto RPG Factory? No, I'm going to call it Jordan Games. Jordan Makes Games. Hearing? Jordan Makes Games. Jordan Makes Games. There's a lot of companies <laughs> already called Makes Games. So Probably. yeah, I don't think... I think you could do better. Hmm. Jordan's games play them. Are you going to talk about, are you going to make the game that we talked about two weeks ago? Like uh, our, our ultimate game? selling game? Oh yes. Yes. That's my first game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll work. Battle Royale, everything. Oh, Battle Royale. Yeah, I mean, Battle Royale, microtransactions, open world, crafting elements, zombies. Uh, what else we can get in there? Loot boxes, hero shooter. But it's also crowdfunded. So Crowd- yes. Yeah. yeah. Supported on Patreon. What do you think all the money's going to? The, those sweet loot boxes. <laughs> uh, okay, so Forgotten Anne. <laughs> yeah, 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 back to that. Back to, back forgotten, to forgotten Anne. Anne. Yeah, so um, it looks it looks really great. Um, early impressions seem to be pretty 
good with uh, this game, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to try it out myself. Um, so next up, we have Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time, speaking of more anime-based games. Um, so this is based off of the uh, uh, anime, uh, the trigger, trigger anime uh, Little Witch Academia, uh, which started off with an OVA and then recently got a series. So this is based more off the series than the OVA. Um it's a really pretty game. One thing I have to say from my time with it is that it is like graphically dead on to the anime. It's like playing the actual anime. Like mm-hmm. usually we're so used to seeing um, these anime games done in this weird uh, mapped cell shading kind of style. And yeah. and it, it just looks, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that look. Um, it, it Very few studios have managed to do that right. This one is like straight up almost 2D animation the way it looks. Um, so it looks really great. Uh, unfortunately, the gameplay is a little bit we- a little bit repetitive. Um, it's it's a li- uh, it's a beat 'em up, um, which is kind of weird for this particular story. Do you guys know this show at all? No, no. Okay. Uh, it's about a bunch of little witches in yeah. uh, <laughs> and they're in academia. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Little Witch Academia. So it follows uh, our main protagonist, uh, and I'm really terrible with names. Uh, you can find out more about this at the anime podcast, by the way, because we actually do talk about the little witch. But um, anyway, so she wants to become a witch uh, to follow her f- favorite witch celebrity, whose name is Chariot, because in this world, you can be a witch. All right. And you can cast That's magic cool. and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's really it's like Harry Potter. Kind of, except with girls, all girls. Um, well, and so no she, girls in Hogwarts. Yeah, but she's she kind of fails at her magical powers. So hmm. she ends up going to the school. Um, nobody knows why she's there because she really can't master any magic at all. She's never had any experience with it, whereas most of the people she goes with are. And it's just sort of like a her becoming herself and they do magic and it's very Harry Potter-esque in the whole thing. So the story at the very least is going to be, is um, kind of like a, a Groundhog Day version of in in like Little Witch mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they're repeating the same day and they have to find a way to stop it. Um, and it's very, very like on point with like the the tone of the anime itself. Um, but I don't understand why it's a beat em up because there's really no fighting in this anime. <laughs> they just cast spells a I guess, lot. I guess they had a game ready and they were like, let's throw it. I, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Um but anyway, so I, I think it's worth checking out. Um, so that's cool. Uh, we also had Dragon Crown Pro, Dragon's Crown Pro. So do you guys remember Dragon's Crown? I think it was released a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was a few years ago. Um, it was like a on PSN for free a few times, hmm. actually. Jordan, you played it, right? Dragon's Crown? Uh, yeah. No, I didn't get around to playing it, actually. I, it looked cool enough to me, but I just like, I sort of missed the boat on it. Oh, well, guess what? You can it's try like it again. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a beat-em-up, um, and you can switch. I think you can switch between characters, again, traditional, like, RPG-style um, characters. Yeah, I know, I know that the great. witch character had a very controversial design. Yeah. Hmm. That's it. It, it's got this really great comic look to it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like and 90s comic. Yeah. Hmm. Like, like, uh, a lot like, of pouches. A lot of, lot of that. Huh. And um, so anyway, I think uh, Dragon's Crown Pro is out for Switch and it's got a few additional things that the original game didn't have. So it's cool. <laughs> what? Because for a second you were talking about the um, like how it was like on like PlayStation and like Vita. And I thought this was something related to Sony. And I was about to say, I'll just wait for it to come out for Switch. <laughs> yeah. was oh, there you go. Um, OK. And last. Uh, no, not last. We have another indie game called uh, Wizards of Legend, which was a, a fun um 
a little bit of an RPG element to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a procedurally generated uh, roguelike again. So um, roguelikes are still around, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have they never went away. The art style is very Legend of Zelda, like the old 2D ones. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice. It kind of reminds me a little bit more, I think, of uh, it looks a lot like Hyperlight Drifter to me. It's got that kind of very similar, like, Hmm. I don't know, that very similar feel to it. Hmm. Very, very richly detailed, uh, like um, 16-bit animation. Kind of uh, kind of a little bit like more than Legend of Zelda, I would say, just because like even like Link to the Past kind of had that kind of cartoony aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. I like what I'm seeing here. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really charming. Maybe I'm looking it up. I just picked up Monopoly for Switch. Oh, yeah, because it was on sale. I was like, I'm not going to pass that up. It's gr- it's so great to have on like a like a you know, if you like go away for a weekend or something and you want to play some board games. Hmm. Yeah, Monopoly. Okay, I have to make a correction here. Uh, Dragon Crown Pro is not for Switch. I feel I don't know why I thought it was. I feel like it should have been. I feel like everything's coming to Switch though. Yeah, so it's, yeah, slowly. But it's, just, it's like the perfect game for Switch. Yeah. I don't know why it's not there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a graphical enhancement. This one, so maybe the Switch couldn't run it because yeah. it, it is on PS4. But yeah, okay. Well, huh. there you go. All right, Sorry, and guys. <laughs> last but not least, guys. Uh, actually, only it's it's coming out on the twenty second. But uh, for those people who uh, hold the ultimate edition. Uh, uh, pre-order of this State of Decay 2 is yep. out on the 18th for those people who pre-ordered it um, yeah uh, we're sorry you pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition yeah uh, I haven't gotten a chance to try it yet I'm really looking forward to doing that after podcast to be honest <laughs> because I've heard some things it's a little bit broken yeah I hear, <laughs> I, I hear there's floating zombies there's floating zombies but not on purpose I because yep. I feel like if that was on purpose if there were like floating zombies that were coming at you that'd be That'd be scary because zombies I, don't float right and that would be a unique mechanic for right? a game we've never seen it That's have we true. have we seen floating flying, zombies flying zombies so. yeah i don't yeah, think yeah. so no i see that would be <laughs> unique but apparently uh it's it's a lot the the multiplayer aspect is um the big draw to say the decay um it's i mean fine in terms of co-op but uh, because of a lot of the bugs that are with it it's making it very difficult um there's a lot of problems with the way things respawn mm-hmm. for well we talked about floating zombies let me get back into that one so zo- apparently according in, in our uh reviewers gameplay um a number of times the zombies would just spawn in the middle of the sky sometimes they just sort of hang out in the sky and then drop down and attack Terrifying. sometimes they would just fall randomly um it, it happened quite a few times. That's not where they're supposed to spawn. So no no intentional flying zombies there. Um, uh, oftentimes during the multiplayer, um, the your character will spawn in a place that is going to get him killed like immediately. Hmm. So they're having a little, they had a little bit of trouble with uh, the way that was mapped. Um, it's it, it kind of looks like the original State of Decay in terms of mm-hmm. graphic quality because it's it's definitely not this gen yeah I've, I've only seen screenshots of it but it, it looks like a ps3 game yeah it looks like you know a dlc add-on to state of decay or, or or even a sequel during that console generation and it's it's really a shame because this has not been a year for microsoft exclusives no and i mean the their big thing was the one x this year and to have a game that just doesn't look good at all is yeah. kind of like i mean i don't know so we're here. E3 is around the corner. Here's hoping that mm-hmm. Microsoft makes has some announcements that are going to really knock it out of the park in 2019. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting. I'm starting to feel really bad for them right now. I feel like they have to, and I've said that last week. But yeah. I, I, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, the only thing they could really announce, in my opinion, is probably uh, Crackdown. I mean, who's who's going to be excited for another Halo or another Years of War? They could do new IPs. They could. They could. Um, they need to bring I'm, back Conquer. That's it. We need we need a, a true sequel to Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Make it happen. Oh yeah, Microsoft, you have the license. Yeah, hmm. yeah. That well, you know what? Um, they could definitely do better than Stay of Decay two, from what I'm hearing. And I will report back next week when I get my hands on it. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. Also, it, it does sound oddly fun. Like, it, I know going around a broken well, game with like zombies floating. Guys, let's just all play it this week. I'm down. Okay, we'll, we'll just we'll go shoot some zombies that are falling out of the sky, clipped through the world. I'll go to the store and buy a, a Xbox One Pro just for yeah, this. That's just, what you should do, yeah. is because this is also I think I think this is a in one of the um it's it's available through um yeah through Xbox's um uh, subscription yeah. yeah yeah so at least we'll be able at least you can yeah so way. I mean you know. I'm sure for the I, I don't know fifteen dollars whatever it is to get like well I mean outright to buy it's thirty three Canadian oh really yeah well, that's pretty cheap it's not that it's not that expensive okay so I guess they I mean knew. it's no excuse for something as yeah being released but I'm kind of actually is. thinking of checking it out now yeah yeah I, I'll, I'll, but yeah I'll pick it up out of curiosity I'm not gonna lie yeah and hopefully that uh with I in a, like I I'd, I'd say don't buy day one because we've seen this before yeah. um we'll see pa- hopefully there'll be some patch updates and. Mm-hmm. And uh, new content and some yeah. bug fixes I mean, that will uh, fix it. Unless you subscribed already to the Xbox, uh, like Game Pass program. Yeah, I think it'd be good to hold. But I, you know what? And I've, beyond, to be honest, though, consumers really need to start speaking with their wallets. Yeah, that's like, true. This 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 kind of release on a day one, it's 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 ridiculous now mm-hmm. at this point, right? We've seen it so much, and it's starting to be the norm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone's, oh, well, let's justify with DLC after I just literally said, oh, there'll be patch fixes. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But it's not worth it at mm-hmm. this point to buy anything on day one. And I think publishers need to hear that yeah. and they need to hear it with our wallets. Well, so. that's not 100 percent fair. I mean, most Nintendo games release finished. <laughs> So you can buy no, those why, day one. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's that's yeah, exactly so, what I'm saying. Like, why some companies can release a product that is actually solid on mm-hmm. day one, and other companies will not. And, yeah. But there are still properties that are being sold a lot and making a lot, making a lot of money. Not as much as they could have been mm-hmm. if they were proper. But yeah, and I mean, we, we gotta stop making excuses for this. Is yeah, basically what for it. sure. And I mean, I'm, I, I, I think free DLC a lot of. Um, companies take that as like, okay, we didn't finish our game in time, or there's some things, but we can add it free, and then it'll be okay, and the yeah. consumers will like it. And there, and there is a number of DLC that is uh, planned already for this one that's already listed in the Microsoft Store. Okay, so or just at least special packs for mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, it's it's not an excuse. Yeah, it's basically. Oh, it's it. not. I'm, I'm know, irritated. I feel like it's the problem with a lot of these game companies is that like they. They they don't they don't plan for a release. They just plan like to get the thing out. So it's like, yeah, people are like more forgiving about uh, like day one patches and kind of like somewhat broken games because, you know, the whole culture around it is built that way. Like, yeah, you, we're used you build to it. up the hype. You get excited. You buy the game. Mm-hmm. And then when it's broken, you're like, well, 
I guess I'm mad now, but you know, the damage is already done and nobody learns anything. And like, I don't know, man. I gotta tell you, the first time I did that, like, I I very rarely buy day one ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it once and I got burned. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you believe it was Little Big Planet 3, actually? Day one was broken. Mm. So. I, I, and it was expensive and then it went down to like nothing and yeah, like, yeah. never again. I'm pretty sure I got that as a pack in for my PS4. Yeah. Cause and it, it, that was the worst part. It came out for PSN like years, a year or two yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, it's not worth it. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it really sure. isn't. I mean, I want these companies to make their money. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like this, like making, letting us expect this sort of thing on day one mm-hmm. is, is getting a little bit. Yeah. We have to, we just have to be, you know, more proactive about what we buy on day one. And that's for sure. That. And I mean, I did just took the, I think the last game I bought on day one, I could be wrong, but I think it was Overwatch and it launched with the full game and then it's added like free content along the way. Yeah. So. And it, lo- it uh, the beta was tight. Do you guys? Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. I remember playing the beta when it came out and like that was a super tight game and very mm-hmm. rarely are betas that tight when mm-hmm. you're going through to play it. Like there's always a little something, but so I mean, well, Blizzard oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say probably the last game that I picked up day one was like Mario Odyssey, (laughs) and yeah, but uh, but that was fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they 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 plan or they like they build smaller things, right? Like they know how to work within their means, so they don't release Mm -hmm. broken products. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, (laughs) um, let's let's talk about a company that's actually thinking about that kind of how they want to present themselves on day one. All yeah, right. So let's, let's hear it. Yeah. So this week, uh, THQ Nordic, the parent company of Con, uh, Koch Media and uh, Deep Silver, who mm-hmm. own the rights to Metro, confirmed that they're going to push back Metro Exodus's release from this year to Q1 of next year. Um, they just are, they're really excited about it. They like the way it's progressing, but they want to make sure that they have a solid product by the time it's out, according to um, the representative uh, from uh, the development team that was uh, speaking to this. Mm-hmm. So that's great. I mean, yes, do yeah. this, please. Yeah. I can wait. Yeah, for sure. You know, well, how did the community take it? Because I can imagine that like they were met with a barrage of hate and death threats. Probably. Hmm. And because you know what? Honestly, I say to people like that, like, yeah, you're excited about this game coming out, but would you prefer something that is not up to the development standards that they have set out for themselves? Or would you prefer something that is at least closer to the realization of their vision? Well, this like, plays right back into what we were just talking about. Exactly. People yeah. feel entitled to a thing. They get excited about it and then they don't care. And then when it comes out broken because they didn't give the developers time to make it, it's like, oh, this is the worst. You guys are terrible. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's really an, an interesting point to bring that part out because it's yeah, they, they like as fans, we're not entitled to these products, right? No, mm-hmm. we're not at all. But think about how the development team feels when they get that kind of response about, oh, hey, we can joke, we can joke about Sega Decay too. But there was a team of people, actual people, who spent like yeah. seventy hour days on things. Are there even seventy hours in a day? There are not seventy Probably. hours in a day. Seventy hour, eighty they hours, hundred hour weeks. More days. They add more days, just hours, just for this. But like, they're really they, like people who work in the development industry work really, really, really hard. They do not want to put out a product that's not perfect on first shot. So, but Lisa, you got to remember too that like there is a huge difference between the developers who are making the game 
and the publishers who are like forcing them to put something out because they have to meet deadlines and please shareholders. But that's that's the point, right? Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. like that's a, that is the whole point of the thing, right? There's like the when we have publishers that kind of buy leniency for their their teams, allow them to to continue. Like for example, look at how long it took Cuphead to come out. All right, mm-hmm. it it was pushed back a number of times, um, and Microsoft was publishing uh, them on their uh, ID uh, ID Xbox ID mm-hmm. at Xbox program. So the fact that they like program things like that uh, exist to help uh, these development teams actually move forward with the support, and yet, and yet, we get ex- we like it's it's just it's a. I, th- I think a lot of the time we need to like people get very upset about this and we need to kind of remember that there are people working on this. They're trying their best. Nobody wants to put out a product that's less than sub that's subpar. Right. So, yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like, it, you know, that's why, yeah. Like there needs to be change like widespread. Yeah. But you know, that's not going to happen because People keep making money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. But again, guys, this is still a pro- video games are still a product. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they yeah. have to make money. They've got to figure sure. it out. Um, it's just it's it's um, well, it's just it's got to You know what? There's there's just some areas do it in a, a more. What's the word I'm looking for here? They're they're more careful and cautious about their practices. Well, it's because they have to be right. Yeah. Like if you're let's say you're buying a toothbrush that doesn't clean your teeth well it's not going to stay right yeah yeah i mean it's not going to stay so but if you release an unfinished video game there's i don't know there's this weird sense of you know the company could still be okay they could still you know do good stuff and everything yeah. and it's yeah, i don't know yeah well, I, I, well this is the this is like the interesting thing sorry lisa i didn't mean to mm-hmm. cut you off there so go ahead that like and and i i kind of mentioned it i think like a couple weeks ago like um uh, it was a Jim Sterling. He did a video about this and it was super interesting about like the middle shelf game. Like back in the day, like, you know, when you look at the PS2 library, how it had like one of the best library of games of all time, it's because you had companies like Ubisoft and Activision and like Konami who were willing to make these sort of like middle budget, middle of the road games that weren't looking to set the world on fire, but weren't looking to like be like terrible either. And, you know, so you could make a you could make a game that didn't cost a lot of money, but wasn't looking to make 60 billion dollars. That doesn't exist anymore. Now, when games come out, they have to make all the money in the world or they're not worth making. Hmm. And so you have this very weird divide where you have AAA developer or AAA publishers who need to make these huge games as service games that if they don't make, you know, 60 billion dollars, they're seen as a failure, even if they make something like, you know, 10 million dollars it's still a failure or you have indie developers who can't could barely get games off the ground because they don't have the budgets yeah. to make these like worthwhile games but th- that's the thing though like unfortunately it's a it's a sphere the the gaming industry is a sphere that everyone's competing on an equal level in terms of like uh like it's it's not like an, an indie game true. no 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 listen an indie game has to compete with a triple a in terms of sales like to be considered a successful game 
Yeah, but that's that's that's, it, that's, it, it, that's a like, totally unreasonable playing field. It's, it's 100% not level. But it's it's not level at mm. all. I'm just saying it's it's an it's like they're all on exactly the same like accessibility platform in terms of like uh what they need to achieve. That's what I'm trying See, to, I'm trying to say. It's not like it's not like uh, I would argue it's, that it's like it's very it's unfair. Like, it's extremely unfair because exactly as you're saying, these indie develop these indie developers do not have the budget to compete with like the next Call of Duty kind of mm-hmm. thing. I, however, on the store shelves, they're competing with the next Call Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's like I don't know if it, it's yeah. I don't know. I would I would say it's not like a sphere per se. It's kind of like it's like a it's like an arena. <laughs> that's a perfect you're giving, way. To, you're, that's a you're, you're giving way. the AAA developer like an AK forty seven, and you're giving the indie developer like a knife, <laughs> and they have to compete. They have to like you know battle each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess I guess it's our jobs as journalists to try to find so, like yeah, help yeah. help amplify those voices. And then yeah, so. when an indie developer uses that knife and you know slays the the giant demon thingamajig, it's yeah. it's, it's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. But oh, yeah. it's also the uh, but it's also like I think these uh, big AAA develop uh, publishers need to also kind of start paying closer attention to some of these ones that have less access to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, after I mean, maybe I wonder if there's some way that could that that post like post release publishers can kind of step in and help some of these games that look really good once they're done, but are just getting no mm-hmm. coverage or no. Um, uh, like no no traction with yeah, the community. Which, which, which I guess there's a ton of them out there. Mm-hmm, which which I guess comes back to sort of some of the initiatives, like the Square Enix one, where it's mm-hmm. like you know the, the indie teams come to them, they put them up there. If the people want it, they'll fund it. Right? Yeah, it's, which, which 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 is a cool thing to do. Yeah, we need more of that. Yep. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. Moving on. Part, moving on. Moving on. Um. Yeah. Okay, so here was a neat story. Uh, is this a neat story? Yeah, Borderlands won't be at E3. Yeah. Okay. So Borderlands three and the world weeps. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Like, what's the thing, Lisa? Give it to us. There is no thing. No. (laughs) Real. Honestly, I. I mean. Okay. So the story behind the story is more the fact that uh, Randy Pitchford is. Uh, he when he officially confirmed so originally the news was broken um uh before like uh, gearbox was able to sort of like uh actually make a comment about it so randy fitchford took to twitter of course to comment about it and um he confirmed it officially it's not going to be there he made a statement and that's that's what's what um and amidst all these rumors of things that are happening like rage 2 which actually proved to be true so people the people are actually thinking that oh this is just a marketing stunt uh like rage 2 yeah. right when they called out what happened with uh when walmart posted right, these predicted e3 games um earlier last week which is great uh and rage 2 actually happened they showed off a trailer like almost immediately afterwards um but yeah so randy pitchford kind of it took to Twitter to say, I can say everything I want about this not happening, but there are going to be those of you out there who love the series so much that you are going to believe that this is just a marketing tactic. Well, it's not. So there we go. Let's, but, but I, I guess we'll, like we'll see what happens at E3, right? But 
Randy is kind of a serial liar, and okay. I would not be surprised because this has sort of happened before. Yeah, exactly. Where so like it happens, you make a big you make a big point about how oh it's not going to be at E three, and then it comes out. And here's the trailer at E three. Like oh, everyone was surprised. Now, well, it happened. It happened at uh, with Borderlands two, um, Eurogamer. Didn't it happen with like a Ubisoft game too? They said, "Oh yeah, it's 100 percent not going to be at E3," and then they showed off the trailer for it at E3. Like it's like, who were you trying well, I mean, to fool? At the same time, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, if E3 is about the big surprise, or whatever. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I was a publisher or someone who represented, it, I'd be like, "No, it's not coming." And then you know, when the people get D2, they're like, "Ah, you said," but now we're so happy because the game's coming. Well, yeah, exactly. But uh, so, hmm, I mean, there's a lot of okay up, up to free three. Like we we see a lot of this when we're prepping to go to this sort of event. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that goes into the marketing behind all of these games and the hype that they kind of build up to get generate a lot of media interest and stuff like that. Um, on one hand, like what's happening here with this Borderlands three announcement is could be a brilliant, awesome marketing tactic because like. Regard, we know the history uh, when Eurogamer broke um, a closed doors conversation in 2011 about uh, Borderlands 2 not being at that uh, at that particular E3. Um, and we saw the fallout that came from that. And now everyone's like, Randy Pitchford's going to be just saying one thing and then doing another thing. But like, I, I understand that this could be a either a very brilliant marketing tactic or he's like, for real, like, no, this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and I also feel bad for like the marketing team at Gearbox because they spend a lot of time trying yeah. to hype this up, trying to keep the reveal a secret. Um, nobody likes their job being undone by like one comment. So, yeah. but you know what? That's the thing. I kind of I I like I don't I don't really buy it anymore. Like maybe ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when the internet and social media wasn't as huge as it was, as it is now, like having a big secret reveal for E3 meant something, but it's like, it's like different rules, like different, you know, different playing ground, different rules. Now, like social media is so ginormous that it's almost impossible to keep things a secret. So why even try? Mm. Like I would be more, like okay. uh, impress. Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna. I have, I have with someone actually like okay, saying you know what? Fine, you guys found out. Here's like a three second snippet of Borderlands three, and we'll actually have like real stuff to show you. Iron Man. I don't like the teaser like, trailer. I think the hmm. teaser trailer idea is really dumb. Like just put it all at once. I mean, I don't need to be teased about it. It's got to be a little bit more creative. Well, that's that's how, exactly how you you know keep the keep like people excited about it, right? You obviously you're gonna tease a little bit, but don't be like, oh, it's not happening, and yeah, you know because we're, we're afraid you know, we want to have a big that's surprise. True, true. Guys, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we think. Regard like the the evidence is clear. Yeah. We're still talking I mean, about it. <laughs> I feel like the best thing to do is just not say anything. Then people yeah. people will be like, is it coming? Is it? And and that's free publicity as it is. Like we're speculating, is it going to be there? Is it not going to be there? Even though he said it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I like E three because we don't know what's real, what's not. And it's sort of that, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you hear all these rumors leading up and then you go, then you see what's real, what's not. And there might be a few surprises in there too. Yeah. So, and you know what, honestly, but I'm here's so the thing. disillusioned about Guys, it's just nowadays. video games. Yeah. We always keep forgetting that this is just video games. And sometimes the fantasy behind like the excitement that we're building up in our own minds about what may or may not be, uh, and this is coming from someone who still believes that final fantasy seven remake is actually going to happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Oh, not I'm in your old. lifetime. I'm, I'm too old, man. I'll, I'll probably I'll be dead <laughs> before you? it's out. But like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that's funny. part of the it's fun like, of this sort of thing. Like, I like being surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Because remember, remember, what was it on like, was it yesterday when I posted that picture? Because my buddy sent me a like a, like a, I guess it's it's 100% fake, but it's like the Nintendo E3 oh, showing yeah. I, thing. I don't know. There. And, I, and like part of me was getting a little bit excited about it. Well, there was an incredible it. story that was uh, circulated by this one very unknown site. And to be honest, I, I don't remember the name of the site. Um, I'll try to put it in the notes in so we can give proper credit, I guess. But it was circulating <laughs> a screenshot of a word document from like a the sony conference or something like that <laughs> it was all written in like like i've seen i okay i've done a lot of uh, i've done a lot i've done a lot of like square enix and sony like press events where they give you like their and i've seen these lists that they have um they don't look like what this guy posted but regardless um like and it was like sh- saying stuff like uh um was final fantasy 15 uh new dlc um new diablo 4 like world of war new <laughs> that's diablo a new 4. diablo 4 yeah, not the old one, not the old um, one. <laughs> what was it world of warcraft coming to consoles which they have explicitly said countless times that there's no point so they're not going to yeah. like it's it was it's i i mean I, I love media coming up to E3 just because we get stuff like this. And it's just like, oh, guys. Um, and then we get a story like this, huh? Well, the thing is, the uh, the Nintendo one looks so real until I saw that Fire Emblem was being made by Intelligent <laughs> System. Yeah. And I was like, oh. You I love it. It's, it's, it's just so great. I got excited. I was like, you know, Fallout 3 on Switch. I was like, hell yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Fortnite. I don't care about that. But then I saw Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and I'm like, yes, I want that on Switch so bad. <laughs> I mean, bad. I don't understand. Like, but that, I, I feel like, okay, I had a chance to talk with Pete Hines uh, at PAX just for a, few, a little bit. And um, he was he didn't want to go into what was coming to Switch. But I get I get the impression that it's it's a platform they're really uh, like the idea of exploring. I mean, we've owned own, – and I, I get that between because we've seen – like there was a first foray, and then Bethesda keeps uh, is, has been releasing a number of titles for Switch. So I'm sure we're going to oh, see yeah. something like that somewhere mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. So. Well, they even said at the conference too that they're like super they excited, really like they the love Switch. the Switch, and they can't yeah. wait to like do so more work cool. with the Nintendo. Yeah. And so do a lot of people. Yeah. The sales numbers are correct. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of consoles, whose sales numbers aren't great. Um, PS Vita. We have some PS Vita news. Believe it or not, it's it's still around, still a thing. Um, yep. And Stardew Valley is coming to it because Stardew Valley is now on literally every platform yeah, I, I you mean, possibly own. A play, PlayStation Vita getting a new game is news in and of itself, but Stardew Valley is just in North America. So in North America. In North America. Was it already in? Pardon? No, it? no, no, no. Getting a new game in North America. Oh, like it, in Japan, it's still there. Yeah, are yeah. still countless PS Vita games mm. that are on release this year. Hmm. Not countless, but a lot of them. Huh. Um, well, but, Stardew Valley is great. I was reading now that apparently Sony wants to stop production of physical uh, Vita but, I mean, media. Okay, so stopping production of a console doesn't mean necessarily mean death of the game. Because I want to. Well, not not the console itself, at least. Um, like games, like they're not gonna they're gonna stop making like re- uh, producing like physical well, they copies are, of per, games. If for they the decide Vita. that, that's they can do it. But I want to. What's really interesting is uh, the number of um, 
homebrew Kickstarters that you guys have seen uh, of development teams that are trying to do um, retro gaming cartridges and things like that. Mm. Like um, there's a number that are doing uh, a, a totally new IP for uh, 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 Super Nintendo mm. and, uh, and original Nintendo. So like just because the console, like a, a particular company stops producing that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean the death of games for that. Since it, there's such an uptick, it's becoming quite a trend to see a number of companies that want to go and make actual physical versions of for these retro consoles or consoles mm-hmm. that are no longer around. So that's kind of neat. And I mean, Stardew Valley makes a lot of sense on Vita. Like it makes a lot of sense on Switch, right? Yeah. Like taking it on the go, it's it's so great. I love my Stardew yeah. Valley on the Switch. I mean, like, why? Who's gonna buy it? I feel like whoever Vita? has a Vita has still, like, who whoever has a Vita, I feel like they're passionate about the Vita or they like the Vita. Okay, Alex. Come on, who? Well, who I think actually uh, the people who Vita. like Stardew Valley, because according to Concerned Ape, the most <laughs> common question he gets asked is, "When is Stardew Valley coming to PS Vita?" I mean, yeah, I mean, if I, I guess people who bought a PS Vita don't have a Switch, but like Stardew Valley, but yeah. don't have a PC. But there are still people out there who don't have a Switch. Yeah. I've I've seen one Vita in my life, and it was the Office Vita. I have. <laughs> I have. I, I still have a PSP. Oh yeah. I sold mine this year. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to sell It's joining my 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 PlayStation 1 and my Neo Geo Gold. <laughs> um, okay. Oof. Yeah, I know. I know. Those were words. Those were words. But I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young. They <laughs> were uh, before your time, Alex. Back in my day, we used to stand was, when we played video was, games. Okay, uh, so let's talk some Nintendo news. Um, so I know yeah, it's just what favorite. you like. So, um, okay, you know what? You tell this story. Go ahead. Well, uh, it turns out that there is a bug in the Nintendo Switch hardware that allows for uh, people to basically hack, um, like the the Nvidia platform, and it's sort of opening up a very wide door to like what yeah. can actually so be done the NVIDIA, on the uh, Switch. So the Tegra X1 architecture has been around for at least a year. It was announced in 2016. Mm-hmm. So people have had a lot of time to get down and dirty with this particular uh, like this particular hardware. And um, a number of people have, ex- have found the vulnerabilities and be able to exploit it. Yeah. So hack, hack games and... And since it's like in the actual chip, yeah. it, it, it's a hardware problem. So it's not like yeah. you can just be like, oh, let's fix it. It's, yeah. You have to... They, take them back. Yeah, yeah. The, Nintendo yeah, literally to has to come up with a brand new hardware to put into it. Yeah, which if I mean, they want to fix that. But I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah, because I well, I heard I heard talk. I don't know how much this is true because I haven't seen it. Um, that like when when the Joy Cons were being reported to have mm-hmm. like connectivity issues, they like supposedly said something about how like all the new like newer. Um, joy cons that were going to be coming out like in production would have like a uh, mm-hmm. like the component within it which i think is just a piece of like electromagnetic yeah. uh, foam um or not sorry electromagnetic uh, like conductive foam um like within the joy cons and i bought like the blue joy cons when they came like the day they came or released and they still have yeah. connectivity issues so who knows but supposedly nintendo like is on the ball at least they say they are so if this is like news to them and they hear about it like there could potentially be uh like like hardware updates mm-hmm. in the future well 
Because it's, it's not really like a lot, right? It's just sort of like a little bit of R&D. And then, you know, they're still producing switches. Yeah, and they're not going to stop. I, so it's not like they don't have like the, the the means or the reason to like release just like a, the next line of um, switches in production. Just like yeah. put a little whatever in there I, to I mean, fix the if the issue problem. is the actual chip and they can't change that, then I don't think they can do anything. So I don't think that they're going to upgrade the chip anytime soon on that. But yeah. Yeah. But... Unless they put out the new Nintendo yeah, Switch. Yeah, I just read a Word document that I've been typing, and that's been confirmed. So, good stuff. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> you're posting it on this. You're posting it. Yeah, yeah, it's being published yeah. right now. On your own blog, right? Yep, yep. Okay, great, great. Not cgmagonline.com. That's the URL. Oh, not cgmagonline.cool. You should get one of those doc, them, one of them dot cool. Uh, I don't have Europe. the budget for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me neither. Okay. Uh, speaking of people who do not have the budget. Um, oh, that, oh, that was, that was uh, too soon. I'm but so also, sorry. it's not surprising. It's not. I mean, yeah. So Bosky Productions shut down last month. Yeah. After, and right after their Radical Heights lunch. And I'm I'm sad. I mean. Is it technically last month? I thought it was last week. Uh, they, they confirmed, confirmed it. it last week, but they were in the process of. Uh, sorry, not not last oh, month. They okay, confirmed okay, it yeah, last yeah. week, yep. uh, and it was a month after Ra- Radical Heights launched. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, so Lawbreakers didn't hit the market. I mean, I have a friend who no. loves that game, and I mean, yeah, yeah. I can see it, it's it's not a bad game, right? It's a pretty good game. It just never it found cool. its audience because when you have a shooter, you have to stand out, and I guess I guess it didn't. Well, it. It didn't find its audience because its audience was people yeah. playing yeah. Overwatch, and they already had Overwatch. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it, it was mostly due to the um, less success, uh, the, the the limited amount of success that uh, Lawbreakers did reach in in terms of traction. And um, although Radical Heights was being very well well received, it, it was a little bit too late for the studio, and unfortunately, they. Uh, yeah, uh, Cliff, yeah. Cliffy, I, Cliff had to. Yeah, I mean, shut it down. Yeah, I like Cliffy. I, B. I, I do too. I like saying Cliffy B. So. I like saying Cliffy B. But too. I mean, Radical Heights was like in pre pre alpha or something crazy yeah. like that. It had so many bugs. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, alpha. it looked cool. But it, it, it's such a weird thing to go from okay, because their previous messaging was okay. Lawbreakers didn't work out, but we're gonna release release this. We're gonna work on this. We're gonna keep coming with projects. And then I guess they're just like okay, they just they can't. I guess they just not. Couldn't. They, they just there's a, there comes a point um, where you stretch yourself too thin, mm-hmm. and you you just got to say no. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be like I don't want to sound mean because obviously like it's always a it's always a bummer when like a studio shuts down, and I know like Cliff Blazinski really like started Boss Key like out of genuine yeah. passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't like. He wasn't trying to be a hack, but like, you know, industry leaders lead, they don't follow. And that's the problem is that Lawbreakers was trying to follow in the success of the Overwatch, the hero shooter craze. And then rather than like really like trying to work on it and make it something that was like genuinely good, they just kind of said, okay, we're going to, you know, stop working on this so that we can make the next Fortnite. And it's like, well, you're not going to be the next Fortnite. Fortnite already exists. The next, yeah, I mean, Fortnite's the next PUBG, which is doing so much better now. But Mm -hmm. different thing. But I mean, and also timing wise, they release Boss Key and then uh, Fortnite does its Thanos, you know, reveal, which is just, you know, it's getting all the coverage that. Yeah, Yeah, no, it wasn't. So it wasn't smart. Uh, It it was was poor timing, I think, overall. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. 
it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It really is. Um, so uh, although there is no time frame given for the Radical Heights servers being shut down, if you're already playing the game, which is a free to play game and is available at the moment, um, it's going to be staying live for at least a little bit. So Yay. check it out before you have a chance. Uh, before check it out while you have a chance. Mm-hmm. We need to stop recording these really early in the morning, everybody, because I, I feel I feel like there's some. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, oh, it's all of us. It's all of us. All right. Uh, and last but not least, we have some Overwatch news. Take it away, Alex. So Razer has signed a two-year sponsorship deal with the Overwatch League's LA Valiant. So it's it's just Woo. A, yeah, it's that's it's, a big deal actually. It's nice, yeah, so it's, I mean, big big gaming brand. It's a good Overwatch League team, and basically. It's going to be a two-year deal where the Valiant are going to use the Razer equipment. You know, they're going to use the headsets, the mice, the keyboards, all that. And then they're going to do some community outreach in Southern California. Yeah. So, which is pretty cool. Really cool. Well, last but not least, we're not going to talk about uh, the Pokemon stuff. Tell us about the Pokemon stuff. Well, you didn't. Uh, it got uh, it got an official name for the so the Nintendo Switch Pokemon. Apparently, it's been it has been confirmed that it's going to be called Pokemon. Let's go. Is that confirmed by Nintendo or is that confirmed a, by people who are like? Uh, I think it was um, confirmed by uh, people who found like it was like leaked uh, like art work and stuff yeah. from. Uh, uh, game freak yeah so i mean i mean so N- nintendo hasn't gone out and been like hey yeah. this is happening but it, but but it's no, it's not it's, been uh, confirmed it's just, it's still emily rumor. rogers has who she has been but it was it nintendo was stuff. kind of like leaked out by a twitter user who has been like really on the ball for a lot of like yeah, nintendo yeah. stuff yeah. she's a good journalist in that um, record so yeah so it's like uh pokemon let's go pikachu and pokemon let's go eevee um supposedly there's uh talk about how it's going to be um like like a reimagined version of yellow and supposedly there is going to be like um features or potential like connections between the the pokemon go which i think makes app. so much sense it, it, it does i mean oh, pokemon go still making Switch. money but i feel like most people have dropped off it i mean the I'm. I've recently just oh, really, really got back really? into Pokemon huh. Go, like especially now that it's summertime and I can like go that's like true. walk around and stuff. Yeah, again, like, right I mean with winter it. and everything, that's true. But I, but I think that you know adding some more functionality to Pokemon Go and tying it to a mainline Pokemon game, that's just going to be great. That's yeah, it's a, it's a smart idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but well, well, you know what? I, I, I will be honest. Um, I can't. I'm not sure how long it's been since you played Pokemon Go. They really did add a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, like. The, the gym system's, like, totally been, like, re- revamped. Um, they added in this, this whole new, like, Mew quest where, like, you go and do these, like, sort of, like, daily That's challenges. Cool. And uh, and then, like, you get reward. I, I I literally got a Zapdos out of it. They just gave <laughs> yeah. it to me. Well, like maybe... Maybe we'll so like, just have to yeah, jump back so, into it and play. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a beautiful thing. Apparently, when you when you finish the whole thing, it's like eight eight series of oh. tasks you get. So it's like, like, so, so it's like a gym. The test, sort of like a gym, but not really because it's like it's like you. It, they're sort of like um they're like research okay. tasks. So right now I have to do five candies with your buddy and then evolve twenty Pokemon. And mm. Then I'll move on to the but, next I mean, phase. That sounds cool, and I I think it's cool that you know there's eight Pokemon gyms, and then you fight them. I mean, you have to do the Elite Four after, but then you go find Mew or whatever, right? So, or Mewtwo. No, it's just like it's. Just, I like the number eight. I think you're. I think you, Alex. You I like the number eight, Jordan. I know you like the number eight, but this is not a Pokemon. No, gym I know, battle. I know, but this is just this you is know. you being a Pokemon yeah, scientist. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I mean, it's the version. It's the science <laughs> version of going to gyms. You know. This, this oh, is, is what Brock is doing. Yeah, except after the season, doing he's, he's doing this so. stuff. He's catching Mew. So, get on ya. 
Yeah. So, I, you know, and I like that idea. I'm, I'm a little upset that like more Pokemon games don't like explore the idea of actually being a Pokemon scientist and actually ex- like studying bring, Pokemon. Bring back Pokemon. That's very stuff. interesting to me. It's all like, yeah. Yeah. Well, with the smartphone. Oh, never mind. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it, it will. Yes, this is. There's a lot of uh, like uh, heavy beh- heaviness behind this rumor, but um, we'll know for sure. Uh, coming closer to E3 2018. Yeah, see, this is exciting. Then, it's like it's yeah. a rumor. Is it true? Is it Pokemon? This is I love you. I, I love you. Well, I guess I guess we'll see. A, like we will. I mean, this sounds so stupid to say, but it's like we will or we won't because Nintendo flat out said that they're not like announcing anything at E3 that isn't coming out this year. Huh. Coming okay. this year, I'm down with that. Sure. So, Let's but do it. It, honestly, they, everything they've announced recently. Also, has, uh, but I guess. Like they've announced and given release dates with everything. Yeah. So hmm. that that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to announce it. Hmm. So. No, I mean, not unless it comes out by like Christmas time. Oh, that would be a power move. Yeah, what am I, I talking I, I, about? I can't believe you just walked yourself into that like line uh, of thinking. Because uh, well, I thought like if guys, they were going to bring you around Christmas, it would probably Christmas. be Smash Bros. And they'll do bundle packs. Guys, it's like, only June. We keep forgetting this. A lot has happened this year, but there's all, it's only it's only May. Oh, it's only it's only May. May. oh my gosh, Lisa. Yeah. Well, I don't even Where know. She's Apparently, in June. I'm, I'm in June. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Ooh. I'm at E3, guys. That's where I am. All right, guys. Let's uh, take this opportunity to take a little bit of a break here from our sponsor, and uh, we'll come back. We're going to hear some comic news from Alex. Overwatch. And some Overwatch news. And maybe a little maybe a little game talk. I haven't really been playing much, but there's one thing I did play that I want to talk about. Yeah. Stay tuned. Well, just stay tuned because it's going to be exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice and a place to talk about your city buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the apple app store and google play store thanks again to our sponsors and now over to alex with some overwatch league news hi i'm alex with your overwatch league news <laughs> uh yeah so um stage four is finally starting and we're finally gonna we're finally starting to see because there, there was a new character introduced brigida and she's changed the meta so um, she's got a shield, she's got a flank, and she's got um, a stun ability, which is really causing havoc so far. It's 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 changing everything. And um, yeah, it's fun. But the thing I really want to talk about is yesterday, Shanghai was playing Dallas Fuel. And this this was the one. This was Telegraph. This was like, it's going to happen. Okay, hold on. Before you go on, you promised me something last, prod, last podcast. Tell me, did you deliver? You promised me that I'd finally see this team win something. They won a match. They did, but like they won one map in a match. Oh, so okay. It started off. Shanghai wins the first game. It's looking great. They're looking great. It's awesome. I'm excited. And then comes in Brigida, the new hero, and they just didn't have a counter for it. They didn't have a player who felt confident playing her, so they didn't play her at all. And then it just completely wrecked the whole thing. It was, it was sad to watch. They lost three to one. I mean, there's still positives, and I'm still like, okay, you know, nine games left. Someone's got to have an off day. <laughs> They're pretty on right now. It's good. They can learn it. So they lost 3-1. This was supposed to be the one. And I lost. I don't know. Okay. So I, I'm not a big avid Overwatch person. Yep. Do they do they have time to like figure out a defense against her? 
I mean, I the best defense is to have one in the lineup, right? Yeah. I, I, can they get one? Can they get someone on it? They just got to get someone who can use it. And I mean, yeah, they probably, but they're they looked really good when she wasn't used, like really good when she wasn't used. And they was like they were definitely going to take it. So it's kind of like they're ready for the meta that was in stage three, but that meta's gone and that sort of playstyle is gone. So now they're like, it's like another good effort. You really tried, you showed it, but. So is end. it just poor planning on the coaches on the coaches' uh, decisions, or is it just a number of different factors? For well, this the, team? they fired the coach midway through stage two, and yeah. after the preseason, there was an interview with Shanghai players, and they were like, "Yeah, we um, we practice from six in the morning to twelve at night, mm-hmm. which is insane travel schedule, I yeah, mean, but play schedules." And then they talked to someone from the best team, and they're like, "He's like, yeah, like, what did you do on your break?" He's like, "Yeah, I visited family. I got sick. I didn't really play any Overwatch." And so, they're, like, they're putting in the time, and they've had so many different people, and they're much better. Yeah. I can see them winning a game, but they need to figure out how to work around Brigitte because they got destroyed, and other teams saw them get destroyed by it, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, they're, they're not putting in the work that they should be putting in. I, I think they are. I think they're putting in the wrong places. Mm. I, I, I think that they were ready for the last the last sort of thing, and then she comes in, and it's... Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but also... I'm sad. I'm, I, I kind of I'm rooting for the underdog, but hearing this kind the way you're describing how this team kind of functions, I'm kind of falling out of it. Yeah, it's I mean, the, their way they, they have the only female car- uh, player in the Overwatch League. She's great. She's yeah. had a lot of stuff They're, and they added three more Koreans at the end of uh, recently. And it's like they've looked so much better, but, but I, it's too little too late. I think it might be too little too late. Yeah. Aww. I just don't have it there. That's sad. But if they do win, I will buy that jersey. Yeah. 100%. You're so. not going to buy a jersey, are you? I really want to. You really want I, I want you to. You know, when I go to LA later, I'll buy it anyway. It's yeah. cool. Just, it's, just buy it anyway. Yeah, just, yeah. just support the team. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Overwatch League. Yeah. All right. Um... So do you, you also read some comics. We don't have Cole this week to talk no. about it, but I read this too. We so. don't have our theme song. Oh. Me and Cole. Uh, Alex and Lisa, Lisa doing comics. Comics. Stuff. Yeah. 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 It's not as good. <laughs> no, it's no. not. But no. well, yeah. Uh, yeah. You no, liked it? The, yeah. You I do one. It. Jordan, you should have sang it okay. to us. Oh. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't want that. Okay. Anyway. That was better than what we came up with. Yeah. So uh, this week, I really only one comic sort of St- stood out in your yeah, mind. Yeah. yeah. New challenge. That's pretty cool. Number one, which uh, Lisa, you read too. Yeah. It was. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I mean, it had me with the first page, mm-hmm. like the the big splash page that had dinosaurs and aliens, and there was like a kraken with a pirate ship. And I mean, those are all things I like. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with the story. It was literally okay. The Kraken came up. Okay, eventually, but it, <laughs> it it was literally the first two pages, and it was like, look at this really pretty art of like dinosaurs and krakens and aliens fighting. And yeah. It, and it, but at the same time, it did a great job of setting the tone. Right. It's yeah. Like, okay, cool. This, this is this is a world that we're sort of inhabiting. Yeah, and I I mean I also like the fact that it it did. It did set the tone in the sense that we're really put into the protagonist's position mm-hmm. uh, uh, of like having no idea what's going on around us kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I guess that worked. Mm-hmm. It really kind of charged your mind into that sort of thing. But yeah. anyway, why don't you so, go uh, into it? First of all, it's New Challengers number one, published by DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, Aaron Gillespie, art by Klaus Johnson, who's known for his inking work. He did... Um, uh, Dark Knight Returns. He's, he's basically done a lot of the seminal yeah. uh, Batman stuff. He's worked with Frank Miller, but this he's doing the art, and I thought it was pretty good. I, yeah, I thought he's got this really 
He's got a really nice sketch style yeah, that it, always draws me into it. It's really comment. gritty. It's, yeah. got, it's got that, which works well for monsters and like things. Some, some of the facial stuff's a little weird. Like you, you were yeah. talking about. I, okay, so there was one character that was introduced mm-hmm. and there's a lot of time jumping in this uh, for uh, reasons that will become evident once you've read it. But mm-hmm. um, the, one of the characters that was introduced instantly got a backstory like a page later I think yep. and I it took me about a page and a half to kind of realize it was that character yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of uh, discrepancy between like mm-hmm. the way the face was drawn but um, anyway, yeah, yeah. And I, I, as for the actual story I thought it, I thought it did a really good job of just sort of throwing you in because it literally throws the characters yeah who are who are f- featured in it and it's uh, I don't know if you want to do spoilers Is it- um okay well if we're gonna do spoilers we'll do a little warning all right all right so a little warning we're gonna go into some spoiler territory so if you want to read challengers number one you can come back yeah in a, a few minutes but, but do, yeah but yeah. do check it out it's, it's yeah it's really great yeah, yeah. go read it right now we'll wait yeah Okay, but um, yeah, so <laughs> essentially what's happening is there. it, it starts off with a very dramatic um, pl- uh, crashing plane yeah, kind of scenario in a It's a with storm. like a mummy-wrapped face, and yeah. then there's a pilot, and he's like, I can't land here, and he's like, yes, you can, yeah. and he throws him out of the plane. Yeah, it like- was <laughs> very, it, it, it starts off like right off the bat, like there is a lot of like insanity right from the get-go, um, and then a page later, we see a laboratory and people coming through a portal. Yep. And they have no idea why they're there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's it's five strangers from basically throughout time who have been selected to be the challengers of the unknown, which is people going on strange missions to fight stuff to keep the universe in check, it seems like. But at the same time, all of these people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's sort of like the, oh my gosh, yeah. we're all the, dead. The, the, only a couple of them remember the fact that they were dying. Mm-hmm. They A lot of them just, it, they felt so displaced mm-hmm. that they couldn't even keep track with um what was ha- what was actually happening yeah so um anyway so they're introduced to the fact that that they're now going to be come uh, they're going to be given a chance yep. to get their time back or yeah. get get their lives back from what i what i was understanding yeah um by i guess helping society or helping this very mysterious man who is extremely cold and creepy and creepy yeah um and yeah, it, it basically it's kind of like a Suicide Squad thing where it's like the the criminals have a prison sentence and they got to work it off in order mm-hmm. to by doing these sort of black ops missions or whatever it is. But this one seems to be I mean, it's five people who are all dead. So they sort of have nothing to lose, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I like that. I, I mean, um, I like the idea of the dead redemption story mm-hmm. in a comic. It's like there's a lot of things I like that could go places. Mm-hmm. Um. They they throw them by the end of the by the end of the um, first book they they throw them into a battle that they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they they, they end up in this giant glacier, mm-hmm. and there's an a robotic alien that's communicating with the keeper of the museum yep. that they they're entered into, and basically the 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 robot alien person who we don't know who it is yet but yep. uh they have no confidence in this group of people mm-hmm. um who at the very least survived the do you want to do this test yeah oh man oh, we didn't even get oh, to that yeah. part so yet my probably my favorite part of the thing and i think yeah. i think it set the stakes really well was there were so there's five people that come here and it's like okay so are you all in and they're kind of like yeah and one guy's like no and then he's like, okay. Well, no, they were all on the fence. That's oh, the thing. right, right, right. I think one once the only it was our our main the the person I spent most time was this uh, Doctor Trina. Yeah, yeah. Her last name, but mm. um, she was the basically uh, she was a doctor who helped a lot of un, looked like underprivileged or mm. in need kind of people um, before she died trying to kill a kraken in her society 
which made no sense. Yeah. But it, it the way she would, the yeah. way she portrayed it, it was like this is a thing that kind of happens regularly. Yeah, because she just went after it with a knife, and then she died. Yep. Um, and she kind of uh, made the statement that, well, um, I want I helped people where I was, and I'd like to continue helping people. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them were kind of on the fence. And one, the cop, yep. the there was a there was a cop who was taken who was like no i have to go put these criminals behind bars i have lots to do back in my own life mm-hmm. and um the way uh the museum keeper kind of presented it to them is they could just sort of leave so he yep took them to a he portal sort of left and he sort of left and he sort of melted yeah he just melted right just, in front of them yeah it's like, it, they sort of had these like tattoos on them and it sort of came off when you do the thing and that's sort of what's keeping them alive so he's just melted and then what was great is that as soon as he died he was like next and then another yeah. person comes through a portal and she's like what's going well, on just before that they showed him okay so in this chamber that they were leading them into mm-hmm. there it was at, known as the museum and it was a. Uh, um, avatars of every single ch- uh, yeah, challenger yeah, yeah. that came before them and so we, when you're presented with this you're thinking oh wow these are the guys that either succeeded made it through the way well he appeared in that avatar section so we're looking at a room right. full of people who've clearly not accepted the challenge and have met a grisly end before them yep so and there's, there's lots yeah there's, they're there's not a the first lot choice un- yeah which is i think it adds the fun and there's there's a lot to unpack with this first mm-hmm. issue, I think. Yeah, I, I just think it's a lot of fun for as serious as it is. It's serious in a way that's like there's so much goofiness going on that yeah. it's like. But it's it's be, yeah, because there's such an inundation of like uh, of um, insanity, basically, mm-hmm. of uh, all these things that are just basically should not work together. Um, normally, you would just like, oh, yeah. this is a huge satire laugh kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it was it was uh, the tone was set so like very seriously. Yeah. That it, it became kind of part of the norm and mm-hmm. it really brought you in on that. Yeah. And I, I like that. I'm, it, it gave me enough that I really want to continue mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So the seriousness made it goofy for me and I kind of like that. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh man, anything can happen. They're fighting random yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like that Kraken. Yeah. Well, <laughs> challenges down to number one. New challenges number one. I mean, it's. Yeah. Check it out. It's yeah. great. Check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and Jordan, you, you played some Fortnite? Yeah. What? I did. So I finally got around to playing it. Um, and I got to say, I don't see what well, all the fuss is here's about. Here's the thing. I think you got to go back. And I think you need to try out the new Thanos. Uh, yeah, but is that really going to make the world of difference? Like I mean, punk. I don't I don't think so. I've seen like gameplay of the yeah. Thanos mode. And it's like the same thing, except... 80 people are going to tr- like rush a infinity gauntlet and like your chances yeah. of actually getting it are slim to nil. And then, Oh, whoop do you do? You get to be Thanos for a little while and you get to punch people yeah, extra I hard. Think- like that does not change. Um, what I genuinely don't like about the game. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great concept. Um, it's a great like looking game. Um, and you know, when, when it sort of works, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun, but my problem with it is that it's just so often you are not really like engaged or hyper involved Mm -hmm. in what's happening. Like I probably spent the majority of the time that I was playing it, like sneaking around, finding weapons, um, I think just by virtue of staying that's, alive, that's the point, I made it though. to like, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, but but like but like but, you know, not actually engaging in the combat really. Um, I managed to make it to like 12th and 13th mm-hmm. place. And then you're just sort of watching the game happen. Um, and I think that's a sign of a bad game when you're like playing another game because you're waiting for like mm. this game to just be over because it's just like, and you know, maybe I'm just no, you know, ninja Blevins <laughs> who can apparently like run and shoot and build things at the same time. Like I need to stop playing the game to like just reload my gun. <laughs> So maybe I'm just yeah. not up with, you know, so, these kids so who are cracked out on what you're saying Adderall. is you're going to come back in a couple weeks after you had a chance to get good and then tell us your real opinion. Of yeah. Fortnite. No, because I okay, don't think better, I'll ever return which, to this game. Have you played PUBG yet? Okay, so I maybe. Played PUBG. I and I, have you played both? Yeah, and I, What's your opinion, well, Alex? For me, Fortnite when I started playing it, people didn't build yet. Yeah. So it was basically just the colorful, you know, last one standing, which I liked. It was, yeah. it was just whoever's got the shotgun at the end wins, right? Yeah. It's just a thing. But now with the building, I feel like there's such a high buy-in right now that if you're just, that if you're just jumping oh, in, like people can build stuff like crazy, crazy, crazy. And the building is such a big part of it that I think for me personally, I enjoy PUBG more because it's just like, okay, we have guns, we have vehicles, last one standing, there's no building, everything's sort of made for you. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, and that's exactly it because, like, it was like a solid 15 minutes that I was just sitting there playing my Switch, like, kind of watching what was going on. And it's like these people just wait for the eye of the storm to get a little bit smaller. They build these, like, Mm -hmm. giant towers in, like, a half a second. I don't know how they do it. And then they just sort of sit there and they wait in, the, in like a little room. And then whoever, once the, 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 the eye of the storm shrinks a little bit, it's like whoever, you know, moves yeah. first to try and build a new tower so that they can, you know, not be in the, in the, in the damage radius. You know, they end up getting killed because you see them move mm-hmm. and then yeah. that's it. it. They're like- out in the open. Like, and I was just sitting there watching like, this is so boring. Like, there's I feel nothing like it, it, uh, uh, games like this. I mean, it's just OK. I, I, I totally think that there should be games for people who want a little higher level of gameplay mm-hmm. and and uh, ha- have want to experience a little bit deeper strategy in like they're in with very few rules to have to abide by and play against pay, com- pay play enough competitively competitively against some higher level players mm-hmm. right so i like that there is a space there um unfortunately it does kind of alienate a lot of newcomers and and like who are at a very entry level that yeah. want to check it out because it looks great and it mm-hmm. looks like it should be a lot of fun so i i mean i i think maybe down the line games like this could benefit from uh like a a matchmaking system based on the number of hours that you played Mm -hmm. first off it would make like higher level players enjoy it a heck of a lot more because there's going to be a much higher threshold of challenge there for them Mm -hmm. but it also given give a little bit of a chance for those of us who are very entry would to give it a shot and i mean there is a leveling system but i'm not sure like i'm not sure how it yeah how it affects matchmaking but yeah but at the same time i feel like i feel like i don't well, from what I've heard from my my younger cousin, who's like the kind of the right mm-hmm. demographic for this game, um, is that it's it all it does is signify to you um, who spent money on the game and 
therefore yeah, like how good like- they are because it's not even the leveling system per se it's more like costumes because once you hit those like higher yeah. tiers well, but- you can like i mean um, it does it, that suggests to other players i think it's good that it doesn't give anyone line. any advantage other yeah. than cosmetics which is yeah no it doesn't but but this is the thing it's not so much that i feel like there is a a a serious skill divide because oh Christ, sounds like um, it's me. <laughs> I, I, like i said every every game played out that way yeah, that i played in and i and i played it for like okay, honestly, like, like mean, three or four that's, hours that's like a I was sound just, strategy and that's sort of how it's being yeah. played now like like but even the highest thing well but that's yeah, the but problem I, that's the problem to me is that it's it's akin to me like um the first five nights at freddy's when it was scary at first when you really didn't know what was going on but then once you got the pattern down like you could just blow through the game so it's not really like any real like skill well, is being employed you just found a worthwhile tactic at and the same everyone time, is you doing can do that tactic a hundred times and not win right like it, it's, yeah. it's 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 something that you have to constantly be changing and i I think where Fortnite really works is when you play it with friends, right? I, I think it's something that you got four friends playing. Yeah. And then yeah, even if you guys yeah, die, you guys that. sort of have fun. You're talking. And and even in those, you're talking about, you know, the times when you're on your Nintendo Switch because you're sort of sitting there. Because, you know, sometimes you have to sit there and not, you know, you're just trying to buy it out some time and maybe catch someone or not die. But I think when you're with friends and you're talking and you're sort of doing strategies and one of your friends does something stupid or something, I think that's why Fortnite is the phenomenon it is. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like I would like it more. I would still enjoy it. Maybe if the if the building system just got like a bit of a retooling. Like I like the fact that there's like a, mm-hmm. a crafting element to it and that it does set itself apart from something like what, PUBG what about in that way. Retooling that it's you have a like, problem. Like I from what I've tried, uh, it, it's a very intuitive system and a lot of uh cr- crafting building uh games do use a very similar mapping yeah. and similar it's it's just tough when it's um you know it's it's a multiplayer shooter and it's so yeah. fast and then i i think it comes down to a skill divide really yeah. I, I think it it's really a skill does divide that, that, it's that's really what it is which is why i wouldn't play fortnite and like PUBG's the game for me because it's just like if if i want to do a battle royale i just want to kill people i don't want to have to build or anything yeah and you can still do that with friends too so i i feel like between the two games yeah there's something for a lot of people yeah and like it, it just Maybe there should be like a limit on how many walls you can craft <laughs> in a game. <laughs> or or maybe you should just try try PUBG and see what you say on that on that scope. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like maybe. to I'd like to see what after that, now that you've gotten your hands on Fortnite, I really want to see what you have to say about PUBG. Mm-hmm. I mean, because don't get me wrong, like, I love the idea of the battle royale thing. Like in, in like, you know, what before before, like when when you're sort of in there and you're kind of like on your guard and you're like waiting for other people and you're trying to find good weapons and you're like, you know, gathering some materials here and there, like, you know, it is fun. But then it just sort of like it, it there, there really is a tipping point in every match for how fun it is before it just starts getting like mm-hmm. really dull. And then when I watch every match play out the same way where it's just guys building towers at lightning speed. It's just kind of like okay, there's really there's nothing else to this game. Like if everyone is playing it this way, like it's not it's not like a game of like Halo where there's like you know or like any other shooter where there's like genuine skill and you really have to think on the fly. Like every game just sort of breaks down to this one yeah, but, but I, method. I, I, and if I that's the method you need to win. I like that's there's just there's a lot of skill yeah. even in those things. Like I mean, you can get to the finals, which is great, but if you don't have the skill, you're yeah. not going to. Okay, it. well, there's a, there's got to be a, a reason why they can build it in like a, a build a tower in a second and you can't 
Well, uh, I yeah. Know. So we'll 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 talk about it next week when uh, you've had a chance to play PUBG. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think it'll be great. That's All right. Exciting. If my so, computer uh, can handle it. I think your computer can handle it. I don't know. I've dropped this thing a lot. It's. it's <laughs> I still feel like your computer can handle my, it. My computer could barely handle Senren Kagura Peach Beach Splash, and I was really upset about that. Aww. It really chugged on that thing. So it's like that. It's it's worrying me. Well, that's a shame. Because I was in this. I was in the required specs to play that game perfectly fine, but. Oh I don't know. well. Well, hopefully it'll run PUBG and we can talk about it next week. Yes. But I think we're ready to wrap it up. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things we've talked about, visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Buns Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Alex, what's your Twitter? At AxeHansiuk. And Jordan, where can people tweet at you? It's at NinjaJordan underscore. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Um, you can cast, catch uh, past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so you can like and subscribe to that channel as well. Thanks again to the Buns Podcast Network and uh, our other sponsors for sponsoring our podcast. And from everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. Bye.